Hello and welcome to Cloud Conversations with Ru and Pete. My name is Peter Rising. I'm a Microsoft MVP in OffSaps and Services. And as ever, I am joined by my good friend, Ru Campbell, who is looking as only he can look. Ru, how the hell are you today, my friend? Uh, I don't know what that means. I'll take it as a compliment <laughs> and I'll roll with it. <laughs> uh, looking particularly you know that saying. You know that saying. That's a wrestling reference. You should know that one. Oh, dear. No, I feel uncultured. Rick Flair. Rick Flair, oh, no looking only as he can look. Uh, well, I'll take <laughs> That's that. got to be an old reference. I'll there take the you Rick go. Reference. You've ruined the gag. Never mind. No, Never mind. Yeah. How, how are you anyway? Are you well? How's your week been? All good here. All good here. Uh, and I have the pleasure of introducing uh, today's guest, which is uh, Steve Goodman, who, and I'm going to read off the biography here, is the chief editor for audio and video content and technology writer for Practical 365 focused on Microsoft 365. A nine-time Microsoft MVP. Is that still right, Steve? Is it nine? Um, yes. I, I'm nine? thinking, where, where's this bio came from? <laughs> you uh, probably wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> he is the author of several Exchange Server books, including an exam reference, and a regular conference speaker, including at Microsoft conferences such as Ignite, TechEd, and Future Decoded. He's worked with Microsoft Tech for over 20 years, beginning and has been writing about Exchange and the earliest iterations of Office 365 since its inception. And he's also a principal technology strategist at Content and Cloud uh, during the day job. So, Steve, how are you? And thanks for joining us. I, I am fantastic. Um, I have a, a coffee in hand, uh, and I'm ready to go. Awesome. Good yeah, stuff. I think, I think like, we, we've, heard, we've heard enough about you now. That's all we need to know after that introduction. Uh, and, <laughs> I, end I of know. show. See you next See you next yeah. time. If it feels like I, I was writing something to, to fill some sort of space. Yeah, it's up. as if you were asked to write something. <laughs> anyway, that's you suitably buttered up with the flattering introduction. So I guess, mm. you know, if, if we just start then, so if we talk a little bit more about yourself and your background, the first question that always comes to my mind when I talk to folk such as yourself who are known for being, you know, 365 experts, how did you get started in that? Because it's not like you just land in this position of being a three six five expert. What's your journey to get to where you are today? Um, I, well, I, I, I started playing with computers and then got a job doing them, and poof, I was an expert. That's it. I don't know how, how do you want the, do you want, how short a version do you want? I suppose. <laughs> where, where do you always go back from? Because <laughs> um, I, I don't want to bore you. Oh, you wouldn't bore me at all. I guess I wouldn't want to go back to, I don't know, four years old or something I was, like that. I, I was born and my dad bought me a computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, 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 didn't, um, I didn't plan on going into IT. Um, uh, however, it was, uh, I think it was something that I was good at. Uh, I had a, an idea originally that I was going to do something in the media, uh, but... Also, I really liked working with computers, and uh, I had a part-time job at uh, at the weekends doing uh, computer sales. You know, those like shops where they build a custom PC, sure. um, sell them at sell parts at computer fairs uh, at the weekend. Um, and there were some things that sort of blew my mind. One of those was Exchange Server, uh, because back in those days, sort of 1999, 2000s, Email was like pop three in like five minutes and it's wait. And this the weirdest thing to say, I suppose, but it just blew my mind that you sent an email and poof, 
just appeared in the other person's inbox instantly. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, and then I, I sort of went from there from several different jobs, working, I guess, from the, 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 the bottom upwards from as in handing out leaflets at computer fairs, um, building computers, uh, configuration centers, support, obviously, um, not necessarily help desk, but first line support. Uh, and then moving up, I was quite lucky to find a job that worked well for me, taken on permanently. And then, and then 10 years into that, I sort of felt like I wasn't really going anywhere. Um, and I was doing the same things over and over again. And I didn't have a particular focus on a particular technology. And I saw folks who were doing VMware stuff because I've been doing a lot of that, as, as a lot of people were, up from about 2005 yeah. onwards, you know. Uh, and I, I looked up to them a lot and, and started, a, started blogging myself. Office 365 came along. I was working at a university at the time. Live at Edu was... Um, like a bit like BPOS, but actually more of a precursor from the Exchange side because Exchange Online still has references to it. That's what it was called when it came about, about 2009. Um, and I thought, well, this is a this is a good thing to start writing about on my blog because not a lot of people are doing that or writing about it. Um, I'll also write about Exchange as well because it was on TAP programs and sort of went from there really uh there was somebody uh, one of our marketing folks said you know the key to writing a blog is consistency right just keep writing and just follow that advice writing about things that i was doing that interested me uh finding that a lot of the, this stuff early on wasn't documented at all like federation you know hybrid federation right um wasn't there's was no that there wasn't really any documentation at all and at one point microsoft documentation pointed to my blog um which was cool. a long this is before office 365 it was in the live edu days but it was um it was a, a good chance to sort of jump on something where the vmware stuff to be honest was was also interesting to me at the time but it, it wasn't something where it's perhaps gonna be able to make an impact and how many times do you want to install esxi you know before it gets boring uh whereas Doing hybrid migrations never get boring. <laughs> <That's best>. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, so just carried on blogging, and I think that helps a little bit with the career. But move move jobs from there. But um, yeah, that's that's given it. It's always it's being around at the earlier days of of, of Office three six five. It was a it's a good opportunity uh, to just get a lot of experience behind you. You know um, that you can build upon. Uh, sharing with others useful as well awesome and you know one of the things that uh you mentioned how you're kind of you were there at the beginning for office 365 mm. and it's radically different now than it was then when i when i look at microsoft 365 and you know teams is all encompassing and all consuming now what are your thoughts on where it kind of goes from here is teams is that the end game for 365 or what happens now? Do you have another product that comes out in a few years and then transforms everything again? Um, well, I, I, obviously, I don't know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> no but, spoilers. Uh, no, no. I, 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 uh, I, it does re it does make me think about things that customers have, have said. And 
One thing that stuck in my mind is, is was a conversation with a customer, uh, with their CIO at a, a large insurer, and um, it was one of the fairly open sort of thing. Whole IT team are there. I was with Microsoft uh, as a PTSP, which is is when if you know people like Graham Hosking and folks like that who are sure. quite active in the community as well, um, then helping them out effectively help, uh, when they're they're quite busy helping out their their teams where they need a bit of technical resource or somebody to come and do a demo or, or, or something like that. And um, it's just stuck in my mind because he was quite going quite hard on Microsoft. Um, and I was there sort of as Microsoft, but obviously as, you know, myself, you know, work at uh, a Microsoft partner and um, pointed out how slow some things have been to move. So, for example, um, customers have been asking for as long as anybody can remember, say 20 years, for things like signatures to be stored in the mailbox, right? right? Um, or being able to send as another address, which has only came in the last few weeks. Uh, but then other things change so rapidly that that they've changed massively before the point that they can adopt them. Um, and I th- this was this was about three years ago. Um, so Teams had, had recently sort of came out, and part of this was, well, they've just adopted Skype, now we're saying going to Teams, and he's and he's like, what? What's next after Teams? It, Microsoft T Rex, and it's just like the most <laughs> random thing to say, but it was the, the expression of the, sort of the, the frustration. The first thing pops into his mind, and that's you know that's the that's the that that is the customer frustration, isn't it? That Microsoft are very very much all into Teams, and they do worry a little bit um, that you know Microsoft will have a next big thing. Uh, Windows 11 being, you know, something that sure. is it just a version number? No, is, mm. it, is it is it a whole new version? Room we were assured there'd never be another Windows, weren't we? <laughs> and now they're like, oh, it was just a dev advocate. But I, I, I'm sure that that's got to have been repeated verbally to various customers because it's sort of spread and, you know, the Microsoft are a company of a hundred thousand or more people, aren't they? So, you know, an account executive or salesperson may have said that thinking that that was true genuinely so you can never say never can you but it's it, i i i hope that really it's it's got to evolve and whatever is next has got to move things a, a lot more on like, do you remember we saw the first demonstrations of the fluid framework mm. very uh what, what was that what's that film with i'm gonna try and Think of a film with Tom Cruise where he's doing action stuff, and then I realise that's a terrible sort of <laughs> all of them. Uh, <laughs> minority reports, uh, sure, where, yeah. the, where the demos, the fluid framework, are really sort of they're abstracted from a, a computer screen and its components that move around, and we see some of that might be coming to Teams, but it all looks quite fluid, I suppose, into the rest of the the user interface. It doesn't it doesn't look wrong, but you sort of think, well let's see the next thing but the next thing's got to sort of be much better it's got to be more than windows 10 to 11 look mm-hmm. and feel you know it i think for customers to accept it it's got to be transformational like teams was and i think they've set the bar relatively high with with that so we will we will see Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Teams um, has been a massive success, obviously. And I'm going to admit something here. When I first saw Teams four or so years ago now, I looked at it and I said, 
that'll never catch on. Um, <laughs> so, boy, was I wrong. <clears throat> but what, what a success story it's been. But for every success story in any tech company, I mean, you can include Apple in that and, and other uh, examples, but the, the, there's always going to be the flip side of that. What would you say um, have, have been the flip side of that in the last few years, Steve, in terms of all 365? What has fallen on its on its behind, shall we say, and, and not been a, not been a, a success. Uh, I, I'm just thinking back to for for for, for practical reasons. So I did a, a video at the end of the chat with you for our interview. Um, yeah. I asked you what's the worst thing that, that you've seen off of 365, and I thought, uh, I thought well, I don't have to answer a question like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, come back to bite you. I can't remember what I said actually. I can't either. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm not, like, like that that interview in Wayne's World that just goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We could say mm. anything, God. Um, that, now, that's an old reference. Uh, I, I can think of a few. And I, t- I you know what? I, I think it's... Bugbear of mine is, is, is things that Microsoft announced with an add-on license where mm. they haven't really thought out the value proposition for a customer. You know, that's trying to talk about it in, a, I suppose, the most Microsoft-y, sales-y way. You know, there's the customer has to see the value in something to to buy it, right? Um, mm. And, you know, we, we've worked at the Microsoft partner side, I, I guess on the customer side as well. Um, and it, it, is, it is difficult to justify why you would buy certain things when you don't know what value they're going to have but you're assured that other things might come into it but we don't know what and then pressure will come from customers partners the community and then marks or, or with the pandemic things will then come out and be free again mm. um it's, it's you know some of these can feel a little bit like a little bit of a a misstep um and that uh and that's you know that uh, that's the that's the thing that perhaps I, I think that there's several problems with because I fully support the idea that perhaps, you know, that the E5 will never be everything. But also there was a point when Microsoft 365 E5 or Office 365 E5 before it was kind of touted as that's the that's the gold standard. That's like buying the Bentley mm. with the the all the you know, the special three hundred gram watch in the middle of the center console. It's got it's gonna have the lot. Mm. And a view, I think, at the time of, of E5 coming out that there was still a lot of value to build and Microsoft folks probably expecting that people would need to get value out of that over time. And I think there's also a lot of customers who have perhaps bought an Microsoft 365 E3, takes some time to get full use of those services, though they might be eager to up-level to E5 or perhaps have the security or and or compliance add-on SKUs. But still, it's, it's it's a journey for them to get there, and then you're finding these other products coming in from the left field, and you could either take one or two views. Like, well, at least I don't have to upgrade to E5 to let my marketing team do big events, mm. or yeah. for my middle middle manager who is never getting a PA, but but's getting a virtual PA to have a ten pound add-on license. <laughs> oh, I was imagine trying to make the case for that. I know I'm not important enough to have £120 spent on me a year. Um, but I'd really, really like something that schedules my meetings and makes it look like I've got a PA. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> you can get a virtual PA for 10 quid a month. 
of an actual person that would organise your meetings. And that's the sort of thing that, mm, yeah, if it was a, if it's one pound, two pound, or two dollars, whatever, then that those are the things where perhaps they need to speak to to customers a little bit more and understand that before they go that before they sort of announce this because mm. if it, it were people that want Microsoft to succeed, we support it. But we also are in, you know, well, I think all three of us are doing doing jobs where we're here. We hear from lots of customers on a regular basis how they feel about this, and with and with the community stuff as well. You also hear the unfiltered version that's slightly different to how you hear it from a customer in their professional mm-hmm. work sense, and you sort of take all of that in. And I think you've got you have your finger on the pulse, and and you're also outside Microsoft, and you see from the outside in. So it's not a dig at Microsoft at all. Um, but it is a like it's like that that's those are the things where I you you try if you if your job you've been told to go and explain the value of this add-on uh type SKU that has been sort of panned, then you know that you're in for a bit of a, a hard time. Um and you've got to put on that face of that, you know, I've got to be completely honest with you, but I've also got to try and explain why why it's valuable as well. And then mm. you know, I know that you're going to tell me I'm I'm wrong. Yeah. And those are the, those that, those are perhaps the the key thing that I'd, I'd mentioned. That's probably you know that that's it's probably I don't feel good saying that because I don't, again I don't want to pan Microsoft, but you've got to be you've got to be upfront with them. And in our last podcast, uh, in the podcast we did um, in the, the middle of June on on Practical Three Six Five, Paul Rogershaw was <coughs> slightly less. Um, complimentary about the whole thing but things like that new license you love the service what it does is great he uses it all the time but he's never mm. going to be able to justify spending ten dollars for his dev teams for every person to mm. get it that's the yeah. issue mm. stuff like that uh, yeah i think syntax is a good example of that at the moment syntax is a is a separate add-on license and to me it would feel more logical if that was bundled in somewhere else whether that be E3 or E5, I don't know, but um, who's going to go off and specifically get that just on its own? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. When when you get into the security side of things as well, things get a little bit difficult to discuss with customers. I find it especially, I mean, I believe it's things such as, you know, so Office 365, Application Guard and things like this, uh, and, you know, save files with Office 365, and these are locked behind E5, and they're addressing fundamental security problems with the software that you're developing. When you have that conversation with a customer and they say, okay, well, you want me to pay 45 quid a month to protect the software that I'm already paying for. And there's a little bit of a fine line there. Uh, they, they do expect to have to pay something for that security, but when it's addressing the more fundamental flaws and things like macro exploits, which have been around for as long as there have been macros, that's where it becomes hard for customers to sympathize with the fact that yes, Microsoft is a commercial company. I think everyone does understand that. It's just some pills are harder to swallow than others. Yeah. And I think if it's something where that there's a clear ongoing compute or storage requirement, um, that, that is costing money when it's being consumed, then I, I get that. Um, so perhaps on the, the syntax side, then you are, yeah, you, every time you, it's used, it's got a cost. But if it's software that is, that, that you, you wonder whether there was a decision, whether mm-hmm. it should be included or not. And it, 
you, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes, then it's perhaps harder to understand. Uh, but, you know, the one that always stuck in my mind in particular was so when they do something and then they backtrack. Um, and that was, there was some point that it was going around the computing press that they were going to charge for um, inactive mailboxes that you onboard to the service. I don't know whether either of you remember this. And Burgundy rings the bell, yeah. And, I think and so. Uh, a lot of Microsoft MVPs um, were, were very, and, and most likely customers and partners, like you know the likes of Transvolt and Quest and all those you know, sort, sort of folks. Um, this came as a bit of a shock and a bit of a worry because it's all, because my point was: imagine you've got a job role, um, you know, assistant manager at a store, and that and that mailbox will consume storage over a period of time. So if a person is there for 10 years, 10 years of storage. However, if that person, if there's a high turnover, then that role will be replaced and there'll be a new mailbox each time. But there may be a requirement to keep the the data that fulfilled that role. Yeah. So my view is, well, that, and I think that it took a, I'm not sure whether they ever got it on just explaining it badly, but the, the, the volume of data consumed in the service would be equal because it's the role and there's been several people in that role. So why is a customer paying a tax for high turnover of staff, mm. basically? Um, because you wouldn't charge them if that person had stayed. So it's and it's just going to encourage terrible behaviours by a customer, like, such as making a mailbox a shared mailbox when they leave. Mm. Yeah. And and they, they they change their mind around that, um, and it, and that's good because they listen. Um, but it was like it's it's like things like consult people first. You know, you, you wonder where the decisions come from. Um, to do to announce it and see how it lands because uh, it doesn't build trust mm. one of the kind of sticking to the point of mailboxes and exchange online i guess and it's uh you know taking the user feedback one thing that has been it's been outstanding for years now and you wrote about it for petri uh was when uh Hafnium and the exchange zero day exploit attack was in the news uh and you wrote about I think the article was called The Problem of the Last Exchange Server, whereby yeah. in a hybrid environment, to officially be supported, you still need an exchange server on-prem. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that and why Microsoft still haven't come up with a solution? Um, I, I can't tell you. I can't, I can't say for why. Um, mm. uh, I, I do assume it is a more complex problem to solve than it appears from the outside, all right. Um, mm. but, but yeah, so if you've got that, if if you've got an Active Directory on premises, and you've got uh, an Azure AD tenant, then you will link the two most of the time with Azure AD Connect, uh, and have a hybrid uh, identity platform. Now that means that some attributes are managed on premises, and uh, and AD is the master of those those attributes. Um, well, AD is managing most of the attributes and including all the exchange related ones. So what are the tools to manage an exchange user's attributes? It is the exchange management tools. And since um, 2010 onwards, then the, the, those tool sets need an exchange server to, to run against uh, or to run on. And uh, in fact, 2007, God. Um, <laughs> I think, 
Uh, yeah, the management tools you could install separately. That, but you even for PowerShell to work, you've got you couldn't just leave the the, the PowerShell module there and use it. You need to have the user interface. And of course, since 2013, that's been a web-based interface for GUI management. And that means, and from 2016 onwards, it's a it's a mailbox serve with every single role. So to manage Exchange, you do get a free hybrid license and. Uh, Microsoft have said that that's suitable for hybrid management. Um, you need a Windows Server license to run it on, obviously, mm. uh, but you have to install that because it's the supported way of managing the Exchange attributes, and that's sort of borne out by by what you hear when this, whenever this has came up previously in forum threads. There'll always be somebody um, who says well, I've got rid of mine and everything has been fine. I'm just using Adsy Edit or I'm just yeah. using Attribute Editor or I'm just adding an SMTP address to the user or I've written my own set of PowerShell scripts. And unfortunately, most of the people that are quite willing to say, I've done this for hundreds of customers over and over again, are the same folks who are just stamping on one or two attributes and not the full set. And that is not good because... There, because the objects may at some point get get damaged. It's unsupported by Microsoft. Someone at some point may well have to go into that environment and stamp all of their users with all of the other bits that it, it needs, or it might stop them from truly being able to, to switch over to whatever Microsoft's future model is. Um, so it's been a bit disappointing that Microsoft haven't solved that yet. But most customers do need to relay email out and what better uh tool than apart from hafnium uh coming along what better tool than than a microsoft <laughs> exchange server right. um, you'll receive connectors would be would already be there um, you can port them over relatively simply um, and you've got that you should have hopefully the skills to to carry on managing that on an ongoing basis so theoretically a lot of customers won't need to get rid of the exchange server because in theory they're still going to need something for it for email relay um but that could be an edge server sitting in the dmz and probably yeah with exchange exploits should be and it's, that's the overall problem and probably you know probably one aspect as to why microsoft haven't solved it i guess if that probably happens in a lot of cases where outside looking in, you know, we're looking at this and we're thinking it's just a few attributes. How hard can it be to come up with a solution? But you do find that with that and then other things such as migrating a device straight from on-prem to AAD only join, it's not as simple. There are things going on in the background that we just don't have visibility into. And one of the things I'm interested in is, you know, uh, mentioned in your introduction, you know, nine time mvp and things like that do you find that as being part of that community that microsoft how, do, is the feedback taken seriously and do you then get to see things actually come about as a result of what you're suggesting um, yeah there's been quite you know there's there's quite a few instances where yeah that, that is taken about that that exchange online archive uh inactive mailbox sorry um scenario being one of them the outlook signatures as well mm. um i think that that example of that cio um i didn't go to the uh, 
soon after I went to the MVP summit, um, I, I think I mentioned it on the side. Then somebody, one of the other MVPs, Jeff, um, sort of went, that's all right, you know, and, and sort of took it upon himself to say, right, let's, you know, let, let's challenge Microsoft to solve some of these problems. And Microsoft said, get enough uh, votes on user voice and we'll do it, um, which was, was good. So, you know, the, the, the MVPs as a community are able to, to affect change sometimes. Uh, but it, I think a large customer will, will often have more weight than several MVPs trying to represent um, a, a, a unquantifiable number of, of customers where Microsoft could, if, we, if they listen to everything that we asked for, then they might be taking on board asks that are personal wishes or asks that um, don't really reflect such a broad spread of customers. So you've got to get that that sort of support for, that, that can be evidenced, I think, mm. to really sort of get some of those changes in. Because they'd be wrong to just because to listen to somebody that just shares stuff with the community and is probably reasonably confident, but might have some really silly ideas that if they if they did, might actually you know be a bad thing. That makes sense. I mean, I guess you know it's Microsoft do have some tremendously big customers and you have to follow the money i guess so if the customer's saying this is going to be a deal breaker for us it makes more sense to use that evidence-based approach rather than some folks on twitter <laughs> you know uh yeah. right that makes sense uh kind of shifting gears a wee bit and speaking of twitter uh one of the sagas that i've enjoyed following on twitter is uh, your home lab uh that you're currently going through the process on uh can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about how that's going yeah, I'm just gonna shut the door. Uh, I, whilst my daughter was coming in, I could hear some noise on your side, so I, thought, I feel too bad. I'm not gonna shut the door. Oh, we uh, have. She, she wanted to draw some. We have no production standards on this show. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So the weirdest thing about that is I told my dad about it, and my dad's like, "Yeah, I know oh. it's really good. I've seen the videos." I'm like, "What?" Because he's not on Twitter. So, like, "Oh, yeah, your brother showed me," <laughs> and I'm thinking, "Oh God, uh, I've still got my brother's." Punch down tools. Yeah, let's in it. I'm giving them in back. Um, Five year uh, rule. Very good. Uh, I should order. I think only a few quid off Amazon and stuff. I've uh, just, just been in my toolbox. Um, oh yeah, so so I moved house recently. As quite a few people have, I think, have done in the UK, um, and uh, we thought we'll have one big, one last big move. Um, hopefully, um, 40, 40 this year. Uh, so, uh, so you know, getting old. <laughs> not looking <laughs> no at all. No uh, comment. No uh, comment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so got got a little bit more space, uh, and I think a lot of people have wanted to try and get a bit bit more, bit more space. But uh, uh, when we moved house this time, uh, my wife. Uh, be completely open. Took a bit of equity. Took a bit of equity from the move, from the last house, and thought, well, this time what we're going to make the place look nice, uh, yeah. because the last house when we moved out, there was sort of the light fittings from when we moved in and stuff like that. Um, so the house is look, looking nice. Uh, my other half doesn't really want computer junk lying around either. Uh, so got to try and keep it, uh, keep the place looking good, uh, as uh, you know. As, as I say, you know, happy, happy wife, happy life. Um, 
and I do want her to genuinely be happy. So, but I also want to do the stuff I want to do, uh, and I didn't want. I, I had the I've had the smallest room here is my office, um, which is fine actually. But as we moved in, I'm like, okay, I'll put my stuff in the micro office because it's smaller than our, my last house. Um, <laughs> and I thought I can't have a computer sitting here. And you can see behind me on the wall, I've brought in some of these sound things so I don't have to when I do a podcast talk really close to it. Uh, try and stop some of the echo. So I didn't want to. I didn't want something blaring away in the corner either. Uh, so I start. I put some stuff under the stairs, Raspberry Pi, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and thought, well, now, and I'd also built out the PC, which is going to be my new server, which is uh, you won't see it very well, but sort of on the right here. So, uh, and and when I built that out, you could buy graphics cards. And apparently, you can't now. So I couldn't realize another one to replace it. So I thought, well, this is my server now. It's got, got a good graphics card in to try and test out NDI, streaming, all that sort of bits and pieces. Um, I'm going to have to buy another server because I need to, I, I don't want to run all of my lab on this. And 64 gig isn't going to cut it. Um, it'll do a lot of stuff like running lots of clients. So maybe I'll run the, the clients on that. And then I can fire them up, shut them down as needed. But I need something else that's going to run the, a wider lab. Uh, and I'll come, I'll, I'll come back to the sort of cloud bit afterwards, I suppose. But I thought, well, I'll, I'll buy a mini PC, like a Nook size thing, and put that under the stairs with the Raspberry Pi, keep everything quiet out the way. Um, my other half, not so happy on me using under the stairs, but that the internet comes in, it's fiber, and <laughs> that, and, the, and, the, and it, the house came with Ethernet ports under the under the stairs. By that, I'm like, oh, oh, this nice. is like this is so, <laughs> so sad. It's like everything I've ever dreamed for. Uh, my wife's bought the house and happy with all the other bits. I'm like, when people come around, I'm showing them. Oh, so bad. Buying a house for like, the, 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 the porch in the wall. <laughs> Only my dad who used to work for BT, <laughs> but even not as much as me. So we moved in, did all those bits, and. Really happy with that, uh, but I thought I can't really sort of. I, I looked, I can't, I can't spend, I can't justify thirteen hundred or so pound on another box. You know, really, if I'm thinking about things sensibly, then yeah, I should just make do and run it on there. Uh, and I thought I'd look on e, I'd had a look on these on eBay several times before and dismissed the idea at our old house of doing this. But I looked at my garage and I thought I've got big space in the corner there with nothing in it. Um, and thought, I've got a rack there, and I haven't bought the rack yet. But obviously, if I've got a, a rack there, I could put servers in there. And what's the other side of that wall? Under the stairs where everything comes in. I could just drill a massive hole through the wall um, <laughs> and, and feed the cables through. And the bank holiday before, aunt, uh, I've been doing some some DIY. I'm not bad at DIY. However, I, I, was, putting up, um, I was putting up a mirror, and... Uh, Tell me to stop if I'm going on a bit too long. But I was putting up a mirror and I, and I, I hammered through um, a pipe. And water Ooh. came spurting out in my face. Literally, I pulled out the pulled out the thing the thing I was putting in to sort of do a pilot hole. Put it out straight in my face. I'm like, oh my God. And it's a bank holiday. Oh my God. And and I'm like, Lise, Lise. And she comes and she's like, what have you done? I'm like, quick, go turn the water off for the house. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Off to off, off to off to the DI off to Wix to to go and um, buy some but 
stupidly, I'm like texting my, my friend Jason, um, like, Jason, you'll never guess what I've done. And he's like, just call a plumber. I'm like, well, look, look where I am. I'm like, walk, I'm, like, I'm texting as I'm walking around. Look, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what type of pipe it is. Bought all the bits, fixed it mostly. But I bought I bought one of these uh, multi tools. And I'm, as I said, I'm 40 this year. So maybe the, this is my, my future going forward. Bought that, that big hole, realized, yes, this is entirely beyond me. Um, and I, I called a plumber. He took five minutes to fix it, all sorted. But he said, "Well, because you cut the hole, I won't charge. I'll only charge you the call out fee, not the hundred and sixty quid or whatever for the first hour." Um, Some like free multi tool, not bad. Um, and I'm think, and I just had the electricians fit some Ethernet ports, and I saw how easy it was. Like the walls, it's a new build house. Just like cut through, cut a square. Like I got a multi tool. I've got I've got a desire to cut holes in my new house. I just get pictures just, of this. You know the Mr. Bean sketch where it's Christmas and he's cutting through. Oh yeah. I was thinking yeah. more of the like Peppa Pig uh, where when when he took, when Daddy Pig tries to put up a picture. So, so um, oh, does he thing the bricks out? Yeah, yeah. So the next, so I I, I told. Jason and my colleagues that I was thinking of doing that then with this server because um, I, I bought so I bought the server off eBay um, set it up excitedly got some videos on that uh, it's kind of like weird because I'd buy these servers when I was working at the university They're that's you know it's about 10 years old but two CPU you know, the kind of stuff that we would run 20 or 20 30 VMs on uh, but just single one terabyte uh, Samsung Evo 870, decent SSD, very fast. Mm. Bought the right uh, card so it's um, so, so it performs well. Does trim and all the other bits that it needs. Uh, an older SSD for boot drive for Windows Server 2019, um, and dupe the one terabyte hard disk because then it's it's like a it's like a TARDIS. You can sort of keep boarding similar VMs in. Trim. You know, you put you put, you have a base template for Windows Server. Just keep putting them in, and it won't take up a lot of space. You do five exchange servers. It's not going to take up a lot of space for the exchange installation and stuff. Um, mm. So reasonably low power. Only need to plug in one power supply. Great, brilliant. And the noise is fun when it and it, it <laughs> instantly it reminded on. me that of, of when servers would arrive um, in the office. Well, to the to to my office uh, in a big open plan office, and I'd get them out of the box, put them on the put them on my desk. Turn them on, and then they go for about five yep. minutes, and then cool down a bit, and everyone would go what? And yep. uh, I, I didn't always do that. I was not that annoying, um, but I did it a few times. It was instantly like, but everyone in the house is like, "What's that noise in the back room?" And it's like, "Me, turned it on. It's not going to make that noise all the time, is it?" No, no, don't worry. Ooh, back to back to normal. <laughs> so in the garage, it's sort of pondering along in there. Now I moved it into there. Uh, but yeah, I told my colleagues I was going to drill through the wall, and everyone's like, "Don't do that, Steve. Don't do that, Steve." <laughs> uh, so, um, with the with the last bank holiday, got to about seven o'clock in the evening. Wix is still open. I went to Wix, bought a massive drill bit, and drilled the hole through the wall. And and now now I got my my Ethernet in there as well. I put up a few videos of that, uh, which was it, 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 it's I, I would. It, if I look at like home lab threads and stuff like that on on Reddit, I, uh, for people that I guess have not you know haven't been building servers before, it, um, 
and they're doing this, I think, why would you do that? So I, I understand that this is slightly sad um, <laughs> and not something that I ever envisaged. I never thought, I, you know, I de definitely had no, no, uh, never any intention of uh, buying a new server. Uh, <laughs> but it's already a, been of use to you, though, hasn't it? It's already been of use to you because from the point of view that on Practical 365, you've wrote about this and had a video on this where you've um, uh, got mm. the post where you've got your little Lego Friends characters joining the Teams call. Tell us tell us a little bit about all that. Um, well, yeah, you could do that in Azure and um, quite easily as well. But mm. uh, me, I'll get them here. This is, this is, these, I've got, I've got another little or larger person at the door. No. <laughs> this, this is where your twelve-year-old daughter wonders why, why, why she's got a dad like this. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So that, that they're, they're the the real life versions of them. This is my wife. So I bought it for her. Um, so I know you have it. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> some, somewhere to bought it um, until until she moves it somewhere that she wants. But uh, we both have big friends fans, and I've uh, I also took down a box full of. Uh, all my daughters, Avengers characters, uh, and well, Mar loads of Marvel characters, including yeah, ones like cool. this. And just uh, yeah, uh, started doing that late one night because I, I was I was doing a video for Practical Three Six Five, and I got all these VMs. They were running on this. I migrated them over to the the server because running you know six or seven of those, even with single CPUs, uh, and trying to record a video at the same time, it's doable running teams together mode it's just about doable but it sort of creaks a little bit um be, you know for, for, for obvious reasons but obviously on the server or if you were doing it as you're you're just spinning up the machines with you know, a couple of virtual cpus 16 gig of ram each uh run all the windows 10 vms so perform a lot better but i was just using if you've ever seen a microsoft demo tenant i i literally just got the the, the six four eight by six four eight images for each of the people, and that was all right for a screenshot, um, but it wasn't quite so good for a video. Um, and on each of those, running um, OBS virtual webcam, uh, loading a loading what was the image first of all from the Contoso tenant. And I thought, well, if I record this little little stop motion videos for each of the characters, then I can. Uh, just drop in the video files, and then I've got effectively a pre-canned. I can switch in between the different characters as needed. A pre-canned sort of moving um, set of pictures, and it's I'm not nicking video off the internet or reusing the podcast interview videos, which yeah. I'm sure no one would want me to do. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought it's a, it's a good way, and it's it, it's. Perhaps a little bit more more fun than just the same old. Like, you know, see the, see the Microsoft demos. It's always the same people who yep. are holding that pose for a very very long time. <coughs> yeah. So I, I thought it'd be be fun, and, and of course having that extra horsepower. It's not, that's not what the serve the, the server was or the labs sort of intended for. It's really for those complex scenarios that are sort of difficult to build out to really sort of understand where someone's got you know four forests on different exchange versions and have or keeping of a keeping a a, a dag running that is that i've started on nt4 with exchange 5.5 and built over some time a messy ad that's went through all the motions so that i've got something with with 
a fake history. I mean, you know, a test lab is or a test environment built from from new is never going to represent anyone's environment. Yeah, um, but it, it'll always be much cleaner. But it's just so, just so you've got those those harder to reproduce environments for when you need them, um, and you know just, just you know just just last Friday useful again to have that to to fire up even just the, the simple one just to reproduce the weird thing that I saw in a customer environment um, as as we were uh, doing the the first Exchange twenty sixteen server because this customer like a lot of these you know came from the Hafnium thing that's it's in a lot of people doing breaking exchange customer knows exchange okay but it's not their thing they yeah. always follow guides to do it and um wanted to reproduce i needed to reproduce the thing that happened to them and again having that lab was useful but it was you know something that i hadn't seen weirdly because they wanted to let's just do it through the gui though smaller customers sort of about a thousand people let's just do it through the gui because the, that's how we're gonna do it we want to be able to do this ourselves so rather than do it through the command line so yeah, sure, not a problem. It's supposed to work, and then it didn't. And it's like, is that me, or is is that them, or is that a problem? Can I yeah. say in my environment? And I, I've always found that that really useful to be able to see either be see see, see what I'm about to do and run through it. So if it's something unfamiliar, like I don't know, um, what was the was forefront was TMG, and what was the other one? The the one no one liked and was rarely installed. Um, there was, oh, completely escapes me. Kind of like um, forefront internet access. The, oh, just having one of those right. senior moments. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, where, where, where it's something you don't see a lot, but you've got to do a particular change, uh, yeah. or you and you you want to understand the ancillary item that you're not an expert in. Because it's part of the work that you're doing, it's always really useful to have to have that around, not just for Lego characters um, <laughs> in the background. Yep. Well, and it's because you're using Hyper-V, or if you, even if you're using VMware, it's so easy. You just take a snapshot, and if you're testing something and it doesn't work out, just revert to it and then test it again, and just kind of give yourself the confidence that it's the system, or this is a known fault. It's not just me. Uh, about saying explicit there. I don't know if we can swear on this show. Uh, we'll <laughs> decide that. We can uh, do we whatever can, we want. We can sure you don't mess anything up. Mess anything. There's the four letter word I was looking for. Yeah, you can always edit things out later on, can't we, if we need true, to? But, true. Uh, but we should put the um, the link in the show notes actually to Steve's uh, Herculean efforts on his uh, on his lab <laughs> uh, and, and the post that he did on the, on the NDI stuff and all that. So we'll, we'll include all that. But for right now, I'd just like to change gears a little bit and mm -hmm. talk a bit about your um, MVP and community journey that you've been on. Obviously, we've already mentioned a few times on the show that you're a nine-time MVP. Can you tell us a little bit about how that journey started for you, uh, how the MVP program has changed over the years, and um, how do you balance your work life to making your community contributions? Um. Uh. I, I think I, I started blogging. I think it was Stevie G's tech blog, Steve Goodman's tech blog, stevieg.org. Uh, and it didn't really have any sort of direction. As I, as I mentioned earlier, um, a lot more of what I was doing was around Office 365, Live at Edu, ed, ed, Live at Edu, um, <coughs> and an exchange 
um, in particular. So I was doing that consistently for, for some time. And uh, I, I think it was it that, that things like the MVP program, uh, you've got to perhaps of people often think you're an MVP before you ever awarded, I, I suppose, like you, Root, right? You know, people knew who you were from your blogs and writing probably before, yeah, I may have, I don't know whether this happened to you, thought you were an MVP and said, oh, you're an MVP though. And you went, no, no, no. Mm. And pretend you didn't want to be one. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm just happy to. You know, uh, yeah, that but, happened recently. Yep. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that's, that, that, that's the thing, right? You can't, you know, sometimes you know, it, it, it will never happen. And I, I, I remember talking to a couple of MVPs, Neil Hobson, perhaps Nathan Winters, who very long time exchange um, folks will, will probably remember. Um, and both of them are like, don't you ever want to be an MVP? I'm like, I would like to, but, you know, I don't really, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and I think I was nominated. I didn't even know how, how the program worked, but uh, nominated a few times and nothing came of it. Uh, and I think around that time, there's a few of us who were really, really active in the community um, but and you know, I was—I think I'd spoke at conferences. I'd written uh, my first book and had that published, and uh, writing for what's MXExchange.org on a you know a regular basis. Lots of sort of guides on exchange, Office 365. But it's just like one of those things where you think, oh, I wonder whether I'll be sort of next, and then you aren't, and then you aren't again and again and again, um, and. Uh, myself, Michelle DeRoy, um, Paul Cunningham, um, I think were, uh, were awarded around about the same time uh, as each other. And um, it, it obviously, really, really pleased about that, um, but didn't necessarily think that that would uh, happen year after year. Uh, because sometimes, you know, you, you don't think you've been... You've seen that other people, you know, it, this, this MVPs who are posting really good content three or four times a week, and you think, oh, you know, that that I couldn't give the time to do that. Mm. I've got a job, I've got a family, and family comes first. Job mm. is what happens in the day and pays the bills, um, and then I have to make time for this outside of all of those things. Um, so sometimes, you know, it's quite hard to be consistent over the years. Um, so so often you'll sort of resolve yourself to the fact that well it always you always think you'll sort of be the the, the last time um and you don't want to do it just to try and maintain getting an award for for it you you've got to enjoy it um so yeah yeah i mean i i seen i, I don't want to say recently but certainly within the last couple of years there's other folks like don jones you know the kind of powershell training guru mm. he kind of actively decided well i'm making a shift to my career therefore mvp i'm just going to let that expire uh, and i i'll be honest when i seen that tweet i was like oh, i didn't know you could lose your mvp status i thought it was like i don't know a knighthood or something like that and you'd have to do you'd have to do something horrific to get stripped of it <laughs> but people have you know but that's the thing i think that uh, things like the mvp summit so, um, I don't know who this was. Um, this is hearsay. 
Um, don't worry, it's not a bad story or anything, but it's like under that, it's like super NDA, you know. Um, they might announce it a few days later, or a week later, um, or it might even be common knowledge um, with, with customers. But if you dare tweet anything about what's there, then people have been escorted out, uh, apparently, and, and not put on a plane home. But not, yeah, imagine that, you're there for the week, and on Monday, 9.15, I'm so excited to be here. Look what I'm learning. And they get kicked out. <laughs> My first time as an MVP. I've been one for three months and now I'm not. Dragging, so, kicking and screaming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, that, that unfortunately, um, there were things like that that happened. But obviously, you know, it's people's lives change. You know, there's uh, someone that used to be an MVP uh, quite a few years ago and it had a big detrimental effect. The community stuff, you're so focused on it. That it had a detrimental effect on his his his, his marriage, you know, so, right. because he's spending too much time doing that, just like it, like working or having a hobby that you're obsessed with. You know, it could have happened if he was obsessed with building a boat in his garage, yeah, um, or Warhammer, or I don't know what, but you know what, Lego. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's you know, it's it's like anything, you know, you've, you've got to balance it with the rest of your, your your life, and if that if it's taking too much of you from the other things that are important then it's you know it's, it's understandable why you might sort of slow down and yep that that will be that you know c'est la vie i guess yeah uh, but like it'll be i think for people who were mvps then they sort of we always sort of say well wait you always are you've, so you've won an award several times that you're you, you can't go around saying you're a current mvp or sticking a badge on your site um so but to be fair, I don't, uh, I don't know about, about either of you. That's been my. You, you probably said how, how many times I've been an MVP, and the word MVP more times than I've probably heard over the last couple of weeks, because <laughs> it's not something that that I, you know, I, don't, I don't I don't really need to bring it up to people. Yeah, um, it's not that it's not that like those those tropes. You know, how do you how do you uh, how do you know that someone's an MVP? Because that's the first thing they tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. If it if it is, then there's probably something else um, that they that you know maybe they just need to to get a little more confidence in themselves um, first. I, I had it on the on the day, first day that I was awarded an MVP. Um, I realised that no one really cares. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> as I went to customer site, the salesperson there, um, I told him he's like, "Oh, that's really good," and he and then he mm. he told the customer. Um, it, uh, immediately, which I wasn't going to do because I got, I got on with the customer really well and all this sort of stuff, and I felt a little bit shy to say it. Uh, and he goes, "Got some great news. Steve is an MPV." <laughs> does that mean you can? Does that mean you can fit seven people then? You? <laughs> oh, I'm very hungry. Um, I'm now. I'm now very conscious that I introduced myself as an MVP at the top of the show, but that wasn't on stuff like this. Is different, though, you know, because I'm showing off. It's because I couldn't. I, nine times out of ten, when I start the show off, I can't think of what to say, so I think oh, I'll just stick in this about me being an MVP, and it'll it'll fill. So, no, no. I think that if it's if it's stuff in the community, then it's as it's fair. It's fair enough, isn't it? Because people watching this know that, and they're watching this because that you know. If you go if you go down 
you know, you got a, uh, okay, think of a, a posh restaurant, I don't know, The Harvester, if there's one near you. Uh, for those watching abroad, it's, it's our best restaurant. Um, you get salad bar and, uh, and everything. Ooh. Go in there and say, right, can I have a table? Yes, um, um, but I must assure you, I haven't got any good seats. Well, I am an MVP. <laughs> They're not going to that, That's not going to work for you. And it sort of goes down from there. If if you've, if you've got to tell somebody that you are one in our industry, then... Um, they they mm. probably don't care or know or mm. follow up you know, have any interest in it. So it's kind of like um, if you tell them and they go, "What is that?" Then that I think that would be worse than, mm. than, than that would be else. awkward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, On the so, flip side of that, though, and I know you and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday, Steve. That uh, within the community, you can quite often get people almost treating you like a celebrity, which is quite bizarre isn't it you you had a particular example of that that you were telling me about i can't i can't remember that example (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah well you had a particular customer who wanted you to to sign something uh, that's happened several times but i'm not gonna i don't want to know what he wants you to sign Uh, uh, (laughs) no just um yeah so i mean i went to it's a manufacturing customer um and not far from me actually um and yeah um but that was that they didn't act that they didn't actually buy a project offers which you know they didn't have to do the project they were really really keen and emailed Mm. me for months for advice which i was happy to give but Mm. yeah they 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 cut that i think that's the sort of dividing line isn't it yeah people who really sort of follow blogs and community and really yeah. into the technology often they're the people that don't actually need uh, so much help or maybe when they do then it is because perhaps they've went into a more senior role and this all they need resource and people you know they need to get good people in but often that you know if, if one of those folks is the doer um and they are that they will be rare, raring at the bit to do this and they'll only need a small amount of help from somebody like like us because that have followed all our blogs. You know, my Good one, my, my one um, that I, I was with last week, um, uh, when I when we did the hybrid workshop and the whole environment was, you know, he's running, I did a thing on HA Proxy years ago, running HA Proxy. Um, I wrote about how you should change, you know, you should change your UPNs to match your SMTP address. Mm. Um, something about um, iPhones, you know, shine them in with the UPN, that'll help for move to Office 365. All of it done. All of it done. I we did the workshop and I, I literally said, honestly, that the way that everything is at the moment, um, the, we, we could run the hybrid wizard and it would everything would work. And that is actually what happened mm. um, on the day we ran it. Um, so we were under budget. But it's like, you know, when somebody, if somebody has been following your blogs uh, and other people's blogs for, to, to learn about this stuff, they're the people I'm writing for anyway, and you probably are as yeah. well. Where there's an earlier version of you or teammates that you used to work with, where you you have them in mind as you're writing, mm-hmm. um, because they're the people who wouldn't be able to perhaps get help in, um, mm-hmm. or would be very worried about having to do this and would need to do it, uh, or can consultants, you know, people who who work with us at the, the places we work at, where um, they, you know, I've worked up some of these more generic places where they'll send people out to do whatever comes in not just you know one week it's crm the next week it's m365 the next week it's hyper v and 
Yeah. That, think of a friend, friend of mine. Oh, I used to work with had a, a previous partner. Lives up in Scotland in Largs, if you know it, Rue. Oh, yeah, my way um, from Largs. Beach go. holiday place. Yeah, lovely yes, little place. I've, I've been there. The amusements, the full works. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> Especially in the winter. Loads of hiking in stuff in Largs as well. Yeah. Oh, even better. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, like you know, he would he he claimed Paul McClatchy. I can mention him. Always claimed to be a paint MVP, just to take the mick out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know that it's people like him who you know he'd be in Hyper V, then an Exchange two thousand seven to twenty ten upgrade the next week. Folks like that, you know, they 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 they, they need that that they, they need that, those kind of resources. So when somebody who knows that you're an MVP, they're the they're the kind of people that probably don't need your help because mm. they've already already had it in a way sure. yeah good yeah it is a good point because you know it's a i guess when i write when i think back to before i was doing the 365 stuff full-time in a consultancy capacity and i was internal mm. it the last thing on my mind quite frankly would have been paying a consultant to come in and do this for me <laughs> exactly partly because that was the fun stuff that's why I decided to be one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there talking to this guy we had him to do Citrix. And I'm thinking, just telling me about his job. I'm thinking, paying some, we're paying somebody <laughs> to do this. <sighs> I mean, I know I don't know the technology, but he's, he's one one page ahead of the book of than I am. You know, it's like said <laughs> that slightly wrong, but you, know, you know what I mean. It's like, the, yeah. and oh. I, some Microsoft person came into a customer I went to, and I won't, I will not say who it was, but the, the Microsoft person came in um, as a PFE, and he said he's there to do Intune, and he said, "Oh, Steve, I love all the stuff you write," and I was like, "Oh, no, that's good." So like, I've never done any of this Intune stuff before; just been told to do it. <laughs> I'm learning; I've been learning about it over the weekend, and it's like, that's the stuff that oh, really sort of grates me, uh, grinds my gears. Um, because it's like that's that that's not how that that's not the person that you want to get in to do the work. Yeah. Uh, so I was like <laughs> bleeding out. I'm, I'm in the wrong job here, yeah. and I'm and and also I was on a tap program. How many times can I upgrade Exchange in one organization? Mm, I mean, the tap program is great because I got to do it over and over and over again. But that's not really solving any anything for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do either of you ever find your own work comes back to help you? An example that I can give is, and, and this is an example oh, of my, how my, my memory is rubbish. Um, I was looking for a particular solution to a problem not that long ago, and I Google, Google is my friend, you know how it works. And I end up at my own tech forum post where I had the best response. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I had one where it was a, uh, it was again, it was the tech community post that came up, but it was the customer I was helping the problem with Googled it themselves <laughs> and then said, You asked this question about 18 months ago, and here's the answer. <laughs> so I was like, Okay, thanks. Thanks for that. But yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I've done that where you've, you know, you've, you've forgotten something you, you know, but I can't remember when. Mm. Um, but it, it used to happen a lot more, to be fair. But um, there was there certainly times when that's happened. I can't think of a specific example, though, unfortunately. But it's it. I suppose it's a good thing, isn't it? Where you've, you, I suppose, you frustrate you like I I knew this, now I don't. Yeah, what's that's happened? That's an awful feeling. Awful and, feeling. And also a little bit of pride that oh, 
Yeah, it's mm. me on the internet. <laughs> Helping myself. <laughs> That's kind of what a lot of blogging is anyway, because I know that, I mean, I wrote one and it's the most viewed blog on my own personal blog and it's basically just a prerequisite checklist for hybrid Azure AD join. And I just wrote it because I'm like, I'm doing this all the time and there's, you know what it's like when you get into the prerequisites, they're really for anything, there's just so much that has to line up perfectly. And I thought, well, sort it, I'll put it on a blog and all the time, if I'm working on it, I've just got it there and it's there as a reference guide. So it's kind of like a little notebook, I guess, when you're blogging. Uh, that, that's always a good way of approaching it, isn't it? You know, I, don't, I think when it comes to sort of writing articles rather than quick blog posts that will mm. remind you of things, it's you know, it's sort of a bit of a shift in, in gear, but it's the easiest way to get started in it, isn't it? You know, it doesn't have to be war and peace or have a story behind it. It is it is your useful thing. And if someone yep. comes across it and it helps them, fab, you know, that's good. Uh, and you know, that that's... It's probably not going to change the world, but it's it's helped one person and exactly. it's probably saved mm. their day uh, or just made it a little bit easier. Yep. And I always try and do that if I have a problem and I Google it in the error code and quite often you Google the error code and you're the only person on the whole planet that's ever had this error code. And if I ever <laughs> crack it, I always blog about it just because, mm. you know, I went through four hours of hell trying to figure it out. Let's try and help the next guy that's trying to go through that. That that's what happened on Friday. That's why I blogged on Monday, I think, because on Friday it's just a quick blog post, just like that, really, uh, where yeah, nothing came up for the error um, until until you know the solution, and then you might find a blog post. So try yes. to think about what I what I had to search for to find the error, um, because then so, you know, <clears throat> then somebody's posted something on a forum. But it's it's not quite the same thing, and mm. you know now you know the solution you can find it in one place. Um, but like with with that again, you know that that post reverted back to the other way of doing it, and then of course you know later on you're like, well now well I've worked out the solution for myself. Oh, there is some there's two forum posts on this, um, and it's been happening for some time as well. Mm. I better report that to the product group, see what what happens. Because that that's something that would catch people out, um, especially if they've got you know they've got modern author, they've got legacy author, and you know a variety of things that have happened over since Microsoft wrote some code, and then the, in the on-prem product, and then things changed around it. So you know, still still doing it today, I guess. You know, it's you see things solve the problem problem usually is in our sort of job is you've got to reproduce it yourself i can't just mm -hmm. screen grab the customer's environment um mm. well how am i going to ask there's not a good way of asking nor is that there's not a there's not a legit legitimate way of doing that so it took me hours to reproduce <laughs> one particular error message um that lots of people would get in that situation to try and get everything into exactly the same scenario. So it helped building out my lab, which isn't fully finished yet, to a um, to a DAG that's in there 2010, to a full hybrid 2010 environment, just so I could run a setup.exe <laughs> click twice. That's <laughs> what goes into uh. it. Behind. <laughs> but but uh. when you're in that situation where you're on the customer side and you just blo it's blogging a solution yep. or it's something you can just write up, it's it's just good to get those notes down. 
Yep, definitely. definitely. And it's funny, you know, how you're building that type of infrastructure in 2021. Like just the other day, I was setting up uh, an ADF, ADFS farm just so I could lab it. And I'm like, I would never recommend anyone does this in current year, but you have to know it and you have to play about <laughs> with it, I guess. <laughs> I, I just remember me, I reviewed one of your articles the other week. I, and, um, uh, I, I said to Natalie um, on the Practical 361 team, I said, so what, so Ru, why, is Ru why is Ru showing how to do the thing he's, he's recommending people don't do? Yep. Let's put it as a different article. <laughs> get two posts of that. But I wouldn't recommend you do this, but here's how you do here it. Here you anyway. go. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that thing where it's the instructions to, you know, build a bomb or something like that. It's like here you shouldn't do this, but here's the information. I, 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 I skim read past it. I'm like, why are you recommending that? And then I'm like, well, you said don't do it. Okay. <laughs> that kind of just sums me up. I get, I get into these conversations with customers all the time where it's like, oh, here's what you could do. Uh, think it through a little bit more. You shouldn't do it. Yeah, so planted, <laughs> the problem is I've planted the seed now and you're going to think about doing it, aren't you? It's your next mm. blog post. How to set up a zero connect with password hash sync to start off with. You should do this. However, if you want to set up ADFS, here's the 50 steps. Oh. <laughs> or you could click this button. It's a good idea. That's a good idea. I'll need to Google it and see if anyone That's else has done That's a brilliant post. It's gold oh. there. How to set up PDFS in 2021. There you go, On MSXJ.org, though, you would have, like, there's a, a XMVP, I think he joined Microsoft, and like Henrik Walther, if you've ever heard of him. And he, he was, I did lots of posts like this as well. He's famed for sort of 37-part series on building Exchange or, or right. Office 365 with ADFS and yeah, everything, every single feature. And... Uh, I know when I got to a 14 part article, I get to part seven. That's one email. Can, can I have the rest of the parts? I'm thinking, I've not done them yet. I'm just sort of, I'll, yeah, I'll stop the setup and then I'll write the next part. <laughs> I've not, sorry, <laughs> mate, you have to wait. I'm not allowed to send you them. Well, that's how I write as well. I, I write exactly the same way. I, I write one recent example on uh, of Synth, SharePoint syntax articles. Um, I write them as I go. And uh, usually in, over a weekend and then when i'm done yeah i'm not going to think about part two or part three until next week so mm. but uh anyhow i am just looking at the time i'm very conscious of uh of it and uh we must ask our most important regular featured question on my <laughs> conversations with Rue and pete and i will let you ask it this time Rue. because all right okay uh so we are obsessive about Microsoft 365 on this show, but we are also obsessive about uh, Terminator 1 or Terminator 2. <laughs> Man's, it's a question of theological proportion, but which is the best movie? T1 or T2? Um, well, Terminator 1. Oh. Look, in 100 years, who's going to care? Well, that is true. That, that, did you not even get the getting, We are getting theological here, I guess. I mean, that, oh I, mean I, I, can get, I give you a movie reference. Either it was a bad one, <laughs> badly timed, or you didn't get it. I'd be disappointed. Who's the Terminator 1 person who prefers that? Oh, nobody. Well, nobody. We, we, we do have guests that prefer it, but they're not Oh, back. Yeah. oh no. So oh, that explains it, it then. No, I... I <laughs> for, for various reasons, I think that's that's a good film. You know, it's... it's, it's it, and one of those is that that reference, you know. It, I always think back to that. There's a scene earlier on in that that in the film uh, where uh, where uh, they they say you've been a hundred years. Who's going to care? That's something irrelevant to the whole thing. But I always think to that when something goes wrong. 
I couldn't have even uh, told you that was a line in the movie. There you and, go. And, and I was no, no, scared man. by it as a child, uh, which means All it's right. a good Reap. film. Right? See, that's yeah, interesting because when we had uh, when we had uh, Kat Greenan on, she said that she kind of liked it because it felt a wee bit more like a horror movie. Mm. Yes, yeah, but that well, like, that's what I thought it was because I wasn't allowed to see it until I was an adult. My yeah. dad was super. Like, I'd go into Woolworths um, and there'd be Terminator toys. I'm like, what? Can I have one? No, it's an 18 <laughs> film, Stephen. <laughs> uh, so, and everyone's in this film and i'm like I, I hadn't seen it but i was i'd see the the, the pictures like the arm with with all the yeah with, with obviously the robotic arm it's like oh the blood and i'm like oh, i've not been able to see this i think the first time i saw it um yeah i probably I, I was probably not 18 but uh you know I, was, I illegally watched the film and i was i wasn't scared by it but it it, it it's, it's a good film it's a good film i'm not sure whether terminator 2 does it for me Maybe. Oh. What well, was the we really go. bad one? Was that Terminator 4? Or Terminator oh. 3? I think we Which just stopped caring that? after 2. Uh, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, back, he's back, just getting a bit too old for it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and there was that one that was in Salvation, I think, where he was literally 100% CGI because he was a politician <laughs> at the time. That was creepy. <laughs> that was creepy. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I've watched them after that. No, it's not worth it. Life's too short. Oh, yeah, but I think Terminator I've seen three, was, but was, was Terminator mm. two the one where um, he's like, I've not watched this for years, but he's like in the lava thing or whatever it is. Yeah, that's the end of there. Two, two. Goodbye, John. Goodbye, yeah. John. See you again. <laughs> like that. That's the one. Or yep. not see me again. Hopefully, don't want that. <laughs> there, that's it. That, that's that's word for word. I think. I think it is. And it's funny, That's we asked this question to every guest, but it wasn't even, there was a thread going about Twitter recently and it was your top 10 favourite movies and it never showed up in anyone's, including the host of the show. So, no. there you go. <laughs> There's some good movies in that thread. Was it, who started that? Was it you, Peter? It was me, yeah. I, I, I had no idea the life it was, the legs it was going to get. It just went mm. on and on and on. So, uh, like tweets. What's your SoundCloud? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm I'm tempted to start some other ones. Actually, maybe uh, we could we could have a running theme like uh, music videos or or uh, I don't know. Or, who favorite, knows? Favorite, favorite version Alan of Exchange. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite version of Exchange is Exchange Online. There, oh, I've said it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, of course it is. Well, it's bit uh, yes and and. and Microsoft are watching. It's mine too. Yay! <laughs> Keep those MVP awards coming. You know the address. Um, <laughs> favorite friends episode. It's got to be one of those things where people know the reference, isn't it? Mm. Uh, otherwise, it's otherwise you're in, in deep water. Ooh, I couldn't pick my favorite friends episode. That's impossible. I, I, I couldn't just, remember I, which one it should be. <clears throat> I can't, I can't yeah, remember. I struggle it's, with that. I know it's. I think it started the one where. Or the one with, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come to me. I see what you did mm. there. <laughs> that's a that's a fair. That's a fair. It's, far, it's, it's Friday here, so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the, well. That's the beauty of this. We're recording this on a Friday, and we're releasing it on a mm. Friday as well. It might not be the same Friday, but um, <laughs> you don't know when we did this, so no. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of mystery in there. But well, um, it's raining in Scotland, then. It, well, that's every day, so you know. <laughs> it's cold. 
<laughs> it's actually good. boiling hot. I am struggling here, but I think it was about 20 degrees, which for here is might as well be on Venus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine if you were going to the office, you know, there, there'd be if you had someone come up from from England, they'd be they'd be wearing a coat and you'd all be in your shorts. <laughs> mm. yeah. I thought, yeah, that, well, I thought like that, that was just a I thought that was a joke that Paul like my friend Paul, my only Scottish friend that actually lives in Scotland, um, just I thought it was just a joke. And of course I went to some customers and they're like, Why are you wearing a coat? <laughs> because <laughs> it's cold yeah well we geordies are like that as well um when i go down to when when i used to go down to london before the pan pandemic times i'd be like this on my shirt sleeves and looking around like why is everyone got coats on it's ridiculous <laughs> oh to be fair my kids are like that this morning it was raining here my daughter's like no i'm not wearing a coat no one's gonna wear a coat you really mm. should take a coat it's pouring down with rain no i'm not taking one i refuse i've, I've got my hoodie that will do <laughs> you, fine. Okay. i remember that at school how you had to be cool and not wear a coat i don't really know <laughs> like there was something cool about <laughs> sitting in math class soaking wet <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remember it though yeah that, that the smell of uh damp <laughs> It's Damp getting you in the right crowd. Yeah. <laughs> that's got, that's, that's, that wasn't a thing at my school. I, is that a Scottish thing? Everyone, it's got a doesn't. I suppose it's the no coats thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yep, it was definitely a thing. Definitely a thing. You were cool if you didn't wear a coat, and I didn't care about that. I was wearing a coat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've been wearing shorts and a t-shirt all day, and it's been raining and cold here. But I'm yeah, not going very far. Uh, so just do the school ones. Now the question is: Is it a a, a Scottish thing, or is it a person who lives in Scot Scotland thing? And a good person to ask that, we should ask him, is uh, Andy Kemp, who lives in oh, Edinburgh. Yeah, of course. But originally from Brighton, though, so he, he could attest to this. Well, his yep. pictures on Facebook, he's always out in his shorts. He's always in shorts, so so there you go. Got to weather, don't you? It's a lovely place, though, as well. I, I, that, you know what, the thing I miss about Going to customers is not going to London particularly. And love London. Mm. I really, mm. really miss going to Scotland. I really, mm. I miss, I, I miss seeing the sign as you go past <laughs> Gretna Green. I miss, I, I, I miss uh, the services where the A seventy four and the days in. <laughs> I, I, I miss uh, this town famed for ice cream on the way into Edinburgh. Staying there near there and having a curry. I, I miss all of it. I miss, I miss every single bit of. Just seeing everything and taking it in as you're on your way up there, and then the time you spend there, and thinking, oh, if only we, I could stay a little bit longer there. I'm working up here. That's why with customers, it's part well, and because I'm committed. Like we've got a problem. I'm like, I'll be there tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Drive through the night. You'll, you'll see my my Twitter going back a few years. Is, is pictures of me at um, the services in the Lake District on my way up there, um, as as I go. So oh, I, I miss views like like the one behind you. Uh. Mm, I I do love Scotland as as well, and it's quite easy for me to get to. I mean, uh, my my and I tend rather you sound like you drive most places, Steve. I tend to go by train because it's just uh, I find it more relaxing and it's dead easy from where I live. I can hop on the train at Darlington and be up in Edinburgh in a couple of hours, uh, and it's it's such a nice train journey. But um, but I, yeah, I do both. And mm. to do my bit for the environment, I'll fly as well. And <laughs> 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 um, 
No, I'll, 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 I'll go on the train as, as well sometimes, but where, where I am, sometimes it's a bit strange because you've got to yeah. change three times and all yeah. sorts of bits and pieces. And I've got stuck for five or six hours on the train coming down from Edinburgh. But you, yeah, yeah, usually that'll be the case. Go up to Edinburgh or, or Glasgow and uh, my colleague, when I back when I worked at a couple of jobs back, he'd be the my Scottish contact to get me into a Scottish customer in through the front door because he he said that he had to come with me, otherwise um, they wouldn't accept me. <laughs> <laughs> As it, I vouch for him; he's not terrible, he's, <laughs> even though he's English. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, he'd usually pick me up, and that's why I'd go to Largs, you know, set stay over there. Uh, Mm. Up the road from have a few beers, miss nice. miss all miss all of that. Uh, to to be honest, that's that's the best bit. Going to, to places that are a little bit nicer than than where you are. Yeah, and yeah. you know you, you might not be seeing the world, but you're seeing some nice bits of it. And yeah, Scotland's definitely one of those. Uh, yeah. Though sometimes it's better than you think, or worse than you think. I went to Glasgow, but I'll just walk back to the hotel. Everyone in that 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 office I was at said, "No, don't do that, Steve." I get stabbed. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can see that. There's the BBC building there, and yeah, just, no, don't don't walk yeah, from here to there. there. We'll we'll drive you. We'll drive you. <laughs> yeah, especially if there's an underground tunnel. Stay away from it. You might not. Come out. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I love Glasgow. Actually, it's uh, mm-hmm. haven't been for, haven't been for a couple of years, but um, I, I did end up um, off the beaten path a bit a couple of years ago for for a customer train up to uh, somewhere Fife, I think, and the the, the mm-hmm. station I ended up was Glen Rothes with Thornton. It was a very very. Um, yeah. Quaint, quaint little place, but uh, was re- was really cool. But, uh, but yeah, nice I do places, miss it. But... Mm, yeah, I mean, it, I, I do miss I, it. I maybe just um, take it for granted. But <laughs> you know, when I think of Glasgow and places, I'm like, I'm kind of glad that I haven't had to go there for a year and a half. <laughs> if I'm being entirely <laughs> honest, but it's what you're used to, I guess. Yeah, yeah this is true. I mean, I, I actually do miss London as well. I mean, I used to get to London quite a lot and, until the, the pandemic, and I miss just heading down to King's Cross on the train and. Being in the in the big city, and uh, uh, but when I come, the need to do it again, I'll probably mourn. Like, oh, I can't believe I've got to do this because we're never happy, are we? <laughs> it, 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 last time I went down, it, it just felt a little bit different. If you, I mean, I've been to London on a Sunday, nothing, and nothing's open. And you're in the city of London, you're like, well, oh, this is weird. And I went down uh, three or four weeks ago to a customer meeting, and it was a bit like that, like. I parked by Tower Bridge because I drove because my wife's not vaccinated and I was worried. A bit of a coward, okay? Well, I think worried about my wife. I'm vaccinated. So I I hate to... to, I wouldn't normally drive at all, but I parked by Tower Bridge, walked walked around, and there's normal sort of stuff, you know, people walking with uh, prams and stuff like that, and then got got into the city and it was just weird. Like, it's it's so empty. But prep was open, which was fine. I'm like, hey... (laughs) They're alive. I thought. I, I thought. I thought we're gonna die. I thought. I thought we'd never be able to have a pret again. Um, but um, it's yeah, be interesting to see how how technology has changed, how people want to work over the future. So that's that'll be one to watch, I suppose. Because it really will. You, you know that I think for people being together is so important, mm. and some people mm. don't have family around them so close. Yeah, and that's that I, I would i you know i've got colleagues who obviously you know live 
far from their family, far from their support networks. And I do, I want them to be able to get back to, to, mm. to what suits them, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to see, but it's that, that fun of going mm. to the big smoke or whatever. And mm. I always feel like a tourist there. You know, I've been working at Me too, Tower me too, yeah. For five, uh, six years now. And I'm still, like Jason started at my place, Jason Winner had a podcast with, started a year ago. And I'm like, I don't know the places that everybody goes to lunch. So I'm like, I'll take you to lunch. I've no idea where I'm going. Uh, and then we're into, <laughs> um, oh, what's the market? Is it Fenchurch Market behind? Uh, where, they, where they did Harry Potter stuff. And you can go in through there. Mm. Um, I've, you know, I'll go to King's Cross and I'll be like, oh, there's the train to somewhere in Scotland that we don't really know. Um, <laughs> everyone is just going, well, actually, that's, that, that, that's okay because there's loads of other people doing the same thing. But I'm just a tourist. Every time mm. I go, even when I'm yeah. with people who know what they're doing, and I like yeah. that, I like that because you then you get then good, it feels it? a bit special, even if it is once a week mm. or once every couple of weeks. Mm. But I think the key to what you said there was whatever works best for people to get them back to what is best for them, and for every person who is itching to get back into an office environment there are people who won't want to let go of what they what they now have so i think um organizations are going to have to 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 listen to that and and find that balance and uh, at the very least i think offer a, a hybrid approach if if yeah. possible because it's it's not going to be applicable to to all roles in all organizations well, is it to, to sort of give a plug to the all about 365 podcast with mm. jay and steve the, the one i've got to edit and put online which will be online by the time we see this um we're talking more about that because i i, mm. I personally think it's a bit of a concern there's the technical aspects of, of room systems and so on uh but it, there's doing that right so it is inclusive because think about yeah. the opportunities that that brings to people who um are from different backgrounds and ha uh, mm. can't, can't move to cities or don't yeah. want to go back to them but also disabilities all sorts of things where Completely. you've got a, you've, you've got a set of technologies that might suit you know, able people who just like what well, move to the countryside, but also make uh, decent jobs accessible to more people. So we want equity, yeah. don't we? We've got to satisfy the. You don't want these folks who do love cities, do love the life that that gives them, um, have uprooted themselves and taken themselves there, who need that support network in an office to then go in and find it's just not the same, and and the, and. And you want to avoid that problem. I may have overthought this. I probably have that potential problem where, wait, the, it's it's got to go one or two ways. You've either got more people to come into the office to to satisfy the needs of their colleagues, or pe people are gonna people are gonna have a divide form where there's them and us. Um, I, I you know I've seen that manufacturing customers where office staff all got to go home. And the, and the people doing the work, as it were, in their view, uh, were still going in. And there was a big divide from yeah. what my customers were telling me. And I, you wonder whether that whether that personal way of, of, of being able to spend most of your life at work and make the best of it, how it works for different people, where for some it's been hell, for some it's been amazing. You can't have it both ways. So technology has to fit that yep. gap, fill that gap, and make it work. And that that Tower Bridge meeting, I went in, and a good room system then just seemed inadequate because 
the contents on the screen and usually you know one or two people joining the remote they're not that they don't need to be equal in that meeting you're there because you couldn't make it down um, but you're only going to do that little bit so you'll come in for your bit but if you're hosting the meeting but you're not in that office if you're the key technical person or business person or whichever role you're in you key to that meeting you need to be as involved as the people in the room just doesn't cut mm. it on the, some of these older systems that the, the front uh, front row stuff microsoft are doing future of vision of work it's it's crucial because there's the the eye contact like we've got now we can see yeah. each other's expressions we're in a meeting room when it is just even you know that that sort of three four inches in a corner mm. or, or mm. along the bottom of the screen is at best you just don't get that you can't have a conversation across um 15 20 foot room with a three inch and well one inch actuality of, of somebody's head that you can't really see and that that's the bit where it can't it can't break i mean that that's a good scenario mm. the worst is little speaker puck in the middle of the room and as consultants we've all been there and that's not good and again mm. that's where it's going to break also in an office remote calls it's not going to work when there's lots of people around the office. Issues with technology, but also issues with noise around you as well, not being able to, you're going to annoy your colleagues. All these, these are difficult things that are, that people must think about. Um, and it's the per, it's the person that matters, the people that matters. Completely. An understanding of, of, what, of what the workforce needs. So you've got your best people able to perform their best and mm. everybody's happy. And that's, that's difficult. That's difficult. I don't want to be a HR or... <laughs> team or whatever trying to try to deal with this and internal it you've got to get that they've got to think about the that they've really got to get there um that they've either got to get people with a high um eq in the team helping them to understand that or they've got to got to really sort of think with a uh, with empathy for for others rather than just thinking about the cost or the tech or the fun of setting this up it's got to be mm people first no, that's absolutely so I no i but completely agree with that completely agree i mean this this way of communicating as we're doing right now is absolutely great i i love it it's it's saved our our bacon in, in pandemic times for sure the only thing that always makes me laugh a little bit is that um I, i've never met either of you in person so you might both be <laughs> six foot eleven as far as i know because i've only ever seen you from <laughs> here upwards so uh, if we were meeting in, in person properly it might, might be a, oh wow we didn't know hello pleased to meet you but um <laughs> I, I i am five foot eleven and three quarters or as i like to say six foot <laughs> But yep. I will always be corrected by my my kids and, and wife. No, you're five foot eleven. Actually, my eldest has brought it back to five foot ten. But that's Ooh. not even true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a average height. Yeah, I'm the same actually. I'm I, I'm five foot eleven. But fun, funny you should mention that. The last time I got measured because as, as an over forty, I got my over forties health check. I'm saying that like it was recent, but I'm actually closer to fifty now than forty. So that's how, <laughs> which is scary in itself. But um, but yeah, you get measured when you get your over forties health check and healthy heart check and all that stuff. And and I lost a, a bit of height as well because I was always five eleven, and suddenly the, this woman's telling me. You're five foot ten. No, I am not. What? <laughs> so when they measured me at school in year eleven, I was 172 centimeters. Yeah. I've not changed since. <laughs> That's without, that, apart from the hair. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe it. Get, get one of those racks, or whatever they have in, in castles. That'll sort you out. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, we still go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, I think we better wind this up. Uh, we're we're going to have a, a bumper edition <laughs> of, of Cloud Conversations with Rue and Pete and our fantastic guest, Steve. I'm, so thank I warned you. you. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, we'll just have to make the decision to either A, edit it loads, which we won't do because it's too good, <laughs> or, or B, make it a bumper edition, or, or C, make it a, a two-parter. But I, I, we'll figure it out. But uh, it's been amazing for you to join us. Thank you so much, my friend. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wind up? And can you tell the audience how they can reach you uh, if they want to get in touch? Uh, well, actually, I'd like to start an entirely new conversation again. <laughs> no. No. As long as it's not about medieval torture devices. <laughs> oh, is that what they're for? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. My, my, uh, right. Yeah, so, no, uh, thank, thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you, Rue. Finally. Um, and, and, of course, Peter. Uh, we've, we've been chatting for a while now. So, was, uh, uh, thank you for asking me on uh, because I love the show and uh you can find me online at allabout365.com or practical365.com or on Petri as well i do the all about 365 podcast with jay and steve um and you will find me on twitter at steve goodman good stuff that's impressive that you're actually able to get your name i don't i had to put numbers in mine there are other Rory campbells out there believe it or not <laughs> So I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up then. Thanks again for joining us, Steve, and thanks everyone for listening. Cheers, guys. Amazing. Catch you down the road. <laughs>